step on the boots and scrape up the knuckles. Oh, what a hit! He got jacked. This is the Big Red Ring. Presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Murray's going to score! Touchdown! Land to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. <laughs> the Rage is brought to you by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcast. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast. The Red Sea is rising up! Temperature rising, vision blurry, rage taking over. Here's Paul Calvisi. Get the popcorn ready. It's going to be a show. And Ron Wolfley. It doesn't get any better than that. Unleash the fury! You know, here in the offseason, never a bad time to look over the block wall into the backyard of your neighbor, Ron Wolfley. And if you happen to notice that Amazon has hired our competition here on Thursday night, <laughs> Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreet, okay? I see both. At about <laughs> probably a million dollars per game. I mean, anyway, I bring you that up. problems, Paul. I just bring it up because, you know, not only is Amazon paying those guys, uh, but they're also paying the NFL $1 billion per year over the next 11 years for Thursday. <laughs> night football and I you know what about the original Thursday night football what about the big red rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert where's the big bag for the big red rage you know Polly why not just go with a decade you know and even 10 right there why was it the 11 bullets why did they need that one more year added on right there I don't know it's a mystery to me yeah, so there you go that's just thought I'd bring that up right off the top here uh, not to say there isn't news okay boy do we have we have news including today kyler murray he spoke yes he did speak the cardinals quarterback uh, i don't know if he spoke in all caps uh but i do know darren <laughs> urban was out there to cover it i don't know if he filed his story in all ca all caps on azcardinals.com but darren urban will join us here during this edition of the big red rage what's one question ron wolfley you'd like an answer to from darren urban who witnessed a couple of charity events kyler murray out there presenting speaking of big some big big checks to a couple of great causes. Yeah, that's a great question right there. Just how much 12 personnel are we going to use, Paul? You okay. know that is where I'm going to okay. start. You right. know this is where I'm... I am so jacked up about this very thing right there, Paul. I'll start with 12. Okay. Alright, well, we'll start with a different question, I guarantee, okay, when Darren Irvin joins us momentarily. Other headlines this week is I'm just going to set forth, and then you choose where you want to go. Nick Vigil signs to provide depth in the inside linebacker room. Colt McCoy is back on a two-year deal. We'll hear from Cole McCoy a little bit later. Zeke Turner, your specialty, four-time special team pro bowler, the special team's ace and hard hitter Zeke Turner. He is back. Aaron Bruner, Aaron Brewer, and Andy Lee, speaking of special teams, right? So continuity for Matt Prater. Those two guys are back, the long snapper and punter respectively. And then, of course, at the end of the show, we're going to get into what might be the craziest NFL season ever. The off season has just been off the hook. Let's start with 
with the phase of the game that matters the most, Paulie, that being, of course, transition, that being the special team. So I'm going to start with Zeke Turner. Mm. <laughs> yeah, baby, here we okay. go. Uh, can you say R5L5? Zeke Turner loves to come down. R4L4, Paul. R5L5, of course, coming down the railroad tracks on kickoff cover right there. That's where Zeke Turner lives. He also lives R4L4, which is the next guy outside of that, in between the numbers, running down the field. Anytime, Bolly, I don't know if you know this, Bolly, but anytime you cover a kick, the middle of the field, in between the numbers, somebody could get hurt, Paul. <laughs> and I mean somebody could go down, if you know what I mean. Finally, we have something in common, because as someone who covered many a kick at Leland High School, okay, <laughs> down I went many times on kick cover. Believe me, I went down with effort, but I went down. Yes, you know, Polly, also, too, just talking about some of the topics you brought up momentarily, um, Colt McCoy, I, I have to tell you right now, that really gets me jacked up. Colt McCoy, he was here, correct me if I'm wrong, Polly, but he was here on a one-year contract, of course, yep. last year. I would say that he had a really big impact on Kyler Murray, of course, in mentoring Kyler Murray. I think it's so important you've got those models, you've got guys like a Colt McCoy that can walk around that locker room who's got the respect of so many of his teammates, a guy that went out on the field, uh, got three starts, of course, and earned uh, the reputation and went out in one, two of those three games, and suddenly um, you could just see the impact he had on this team last year, Paul, and the fact that he's coming back for two more years, this is big time. And it's not like he went out there in those two wins and just managed the game. No. He won the game. He had a passer rating of 120 in the game. He had a passer rating of 113 in the other game. Yep. And, and they ran a very dynamic, dare I see, more balanced and different offense that I know you enjoyed watching. <laughs> yeah, and you know what, Paulie, too? Everyone says, oh, yeah, but the Carolina game, you know, the Car Oh, my goodness. Nobody played in that game, Paul. Nobody did. It was They're awful, that that third game, of course. Um, man, it just everybody struggled in that game. I'm talking all three phases, Paul. There were two games. There were two games where it really wasn't an L as much as it was a DOA, and that was Carolina and Detroit, where they just oh, man. they had no pulse. They no. just came out, and there wasn't anything any quarterback virtually could have done in that situation. Um, so, you know, now, as for, as for Nick Vigil, for example, okay, there's the second guy they signed from outside the team, and he'll come in, and yes, he's the guy who had the pick six against Kyler for the Vikings in, in week two, but if you hit zoom out here, Wolf, you know, you've seen it. All the snarky tweets from some of the Cardinals fans, if you comment on anything, you'll get a tweet with a meme of the tumbleweeds, right, or the crickets chirping, and, 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 and look, after the last two off seasons, we get it. I mean, there were splash moves. El Grande, when you trade for D-Hop and you sign a J.J. Watt, it just, it seems like everyone is waiting for Steve Kime to yell cannonball and come off the high dive like Ron Burgundy, right, and make the big splash in the deep end. And yeah. based on what we've seen so far and where this is tracking, guess what? I don't think it's coming. 
Yeah, Paulie, you know, once again, I, Steve Kime, for the most part, has made his big splash, and I think you'd agree with me on this, in the trade market. That's where he has done really, really well, where he has made some incredible trades. And just look at some of the trades throughout the franchise. Um, one of the best trades in history, DeAndre Hopkins, just start right there. And Rodney Hudson, that, that one isn't far behind right there either. Either. That's huge. Steve Kime has always done well in terms of the trade market. Um, go all the way back to Carson Bomber, Paul. I mean, yeah. that one, that was pretty good right there, wasn't it? I mean, when this offseason started, you were so right. I, I made the joke, half-jokingly, saying, you know what? They should turn him into a youth car dealer. You know those old commercials you used to see? The dealingist. You know, just unleash Steve Kime. Let him go to work. Just let him go out there and see what sort of trades he, he can broker because you're right, that has been his area of expertise and most success as a GM. So I'd never say that uh, Steve Kime was all about the big free agent splash, right? The big free agent signing. I, w I wouldn't say that. Um, you know, at the same time, I would say Steve Kime has built his reputation as a Kime time sign. <laughs> that right there, where suddenly you get a guy, as they did James Conner a year ago. James Conner signed him late in the free agent period to a one-year contract. I considered that to be a kind time sign. He's signed guys even later than that, going into training camp as well. So that's where I think he really specializes. Um, not in the big splash free agent market. That's not him. And remember, not every first-wave free agent is well-bought. Historically, many of these big-money contracts are going to be utter flops. And dare I say, Jordan Phillips was one of them. You, you know, he got paid $18.5 million in guarantees for 17 starts over two years. Think about that. Yeah. Think about what yeah. that does to the cap and, and just the dead money left behind. Uh, over $9 million. So, you know, proceed with caution in a lot of these contracts. No, you're right about that, Paulie. That was very, very disappointing. And going back and looking at Jordan Phillips and the last year he played with the Buffalo Bills and what he was able to accomplish um, for them. Um, man, it's hard to imagine that he came here and played in, what, 17 games, you said, Paul? 17 starts. Oh, my goodness. 18.5 million in guarantees. And you're right, he wasn't nearly the same player he was in Buffalo. And that and is always it with free agency, yeah. Paul. Yeah. That has always been the huge concern, not only with owners, but also with general managers and coaches as well, the fact you would go out and sign a guy to big money, you always have to ask the question, what is that big money going to do to the man? What is that big money going to do to the player? Here's the other question. Which Mike leads us, ball. Yeah, and, and look, this, this leads us into our next topic, which is Kyla Murray, who spoke today, two different charity events. Darren Urban was there. He'll join us next, but good part of the reason that there hasn't been the big expenditure yet on a big-name free agent is because, guess what? They got to pay the quarterback. And that deal is coming. And because of that, they have to allocate space under the cap accordingly. 
That is the question hanging out there. It's the question we'll pose to Darren Urban. We'll get the latest on what Kyler Murray had to say today. Hey, join the Arizona Cardinals season ticket priority list at azcardinals.com slash priority list. Have you seen the Cardinals' home schedule? It is loaded. Darren Urban next on the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Throw Murray in trouble. Spins out of there to his left, being chased by two Vikings, and launches it deep, wide open, near side of the 40s. Rondell Moore caught at the 30, at the 20, at the 15, 10, 5, touchdown. Kyler Murray, you are ridiculous. Murray magic, 77-yard touchdown pass. 99.9% of the quarterbacks on the planet get sacked. But not only does Kyler Murray not get sacked, he throws a touchdown. Nasty is as nasty does, and we all know that Kyler Murray is nasty. The stuff you see in dreams and in video games, but not in the NFL. Wow. That was about five W's at the end of that. Wow. Ron Wolfley there, Dave Pash. Ron Wolfley here on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Paulie Pencilneck, soon to be joined by Darren Urban. That was the Minnesota Vikings game, Wolf, and that was the 77-yard catch and run by Rondell Moore after the scramble drill there by Kyla Murray. He went 29-36 for 400 yards passing that game. Three touchdowns at a passer rating of nearly 118. And the key play, I'm looking at my notes from that game. If you remember, it was fourth and five at the Minnesota 41. You're down 33-31. And Kyler against the zero blitz off his back foot. He throws the 35-yarder to Christian Kirk across the middle that set up the game-winning field goal. Yeah, that was huge. And you know what, Paulie? I think back to the first seven, eight games of the season. I really do. I think back to it, Paul. And that's when this offense was humming. That's when this offense was downright lethal. I think of the first five games where Max Williams went out there and got the start, and Max Williams brought so much balance. And the way Kyler Murray, do you remember in the first half of the season, the way he was spreading the ball all over the field, and everybody was getting their touches in, how balanced the Arizona Cardinals were in terms of running the ball. Remember, they were top three in run rate, Polly, for the first, what, 12 weeks of the season. Yep. Yep. And, and you're right. There were the games where he's in seven, eight, nine different receivers in a game. And yet the last impression we had was arguably the worst game of his NFL career, the yeah. playoff game. Yeah. And that led into the offseason. And then things have gotten sideways, obviously, in the offseason. As Kyler half joked today, every time I got on Twitter, quote, I was trending. Well, guess what? It, it wasn't just virtual Kyler today. It was the real deal. And our Darren Urban was out there, and he joins us now on the Big Red Rage. Darren, just give us some uh, welcome, good evening, and uh, maybe some initial impressions of uh, spending the afternoon with Kyler. Derb? Uh, All right, I'll tell you what. Okay, Derb I'll tell you what. Ball. Let's, let's, let's hear from Kyler, okay? Let's okay. hear from Kyler. Here's what he had to say. He was out there, and, of course, he was asked about his future and the pending contract question. Kyler Murray today. I'm an Arizona Cardinal. You know, uh, I've done nothing but, you know, give my all to the Cardinals. I uh, will continue to do that. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm not really too worried about my future as a Cardinal. I keep football, football. I let people, whoever, have to take care of that stuff, take care of that stuff. All I worry about is playing good on the field. 
There you go. Kyler Murray, a couple of different answers to a couple of different questions. The first time he has met the media since, well, since the agent issued the all-caps manifesto, right? And he had the scrubbing to the Instagram account. And uh, so w- what'd you make of just his approach today, Wolf, and the demeanor? He, he was from the, from the video, he was all smiles. He was interacting. He threw some passes to the kids at the Boys and Girls Club. He, he did trivia with some of the teachers out of Desert Financial. Just your yeah. takeaways. You know what? First of all, Paul, I'd have to say, way to go, Kyler. I mean, well done, Kyler Murray, for doing what he is doing and offering up that kind of money, of course, right? It's yep, for a, a wonderful big check cause. So once for, again... Yep. Yeah, for ten grand to the Arizona grand. Educational Foundation. Yep, that's exactly right, Polly. Well done, Kyler Murray. That's number one, right there. Um, I I listened to Kyler Murray, especially the first cut that you played right there. That to me is I'm going to put that into the positive column, Paul. <laughs> he sounded he sounded hopeful that things were going well and that he was happy to be an Arizona Cardinal, and that maybe, this is me reading into it, but maybe, Paul, they're getting things ironed out with the Cardinals. Maybe the Cardinals and Kyler Murray are getting things ironed out on this possible extension or non-extension or when this extension might actually happen. But I put that squarely in the positive column. Yeah, I mean, if you told me that this essentially boils down to Kyler playing the good cop, and his agent playing the bad cop, I'd believe you. It's been done before many a time, right? That's why you have an agent to be the bad guy, to be the buffer between you and the team. There's no doubt that there's business going on behind the scenes. There's the want by Team Kyler for a new contract. And if you believe, for example, the Al Breer uh, blurb in Monday Afternoon Quarterback this week in Sports Illustrated where he said that Team Kyler wants a new contract by the draft. That was Albert Breer. Now, we presume he's talking directly to the agent. Okay, there are wants, and then there's precedent. As we know, all six other big contracts that have been awarded to a quarterback after year three have all been done in June, July, August, or September. So was the team figuring on that sort of timetable, if at all, after his third year? I mean, these are all big questions that are looming over this whole process. Yeah, the only other thing, Polly, that I would say right here, you're correct in everything you said, but... Um, For the most part, the good cop, bad cop thing, you have to remember, you tell your agent what to do. You, You tell your agent what to do. Every professional athlete has got to do that. Now listen, do you listen to your agent? There's no doubt about that. Do you take his counsel? Do you take his advice? Yes, but your agent listens to you. You tell your agent what to do. And that is the only thing that I would advise um, Kyler Murray in this regard is that they really are one and the same. Even though you might have good cop, bad cop, you tell your agent what to do because he works for you. And right now, we listen to Darren Urban, who joins us on the Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Darren spent the afternoon with Kyler Murray. So uh, just give us a quick summary, maybe some of your initial takeaways, D. Well, I mean, uh, uh, you guys, you guys hit a, a lot of, of what I was thinking. I mean, um, the questions were inevitable today, uh, given that the fact that he hadn't been in front of any media uh, basically since the post game of the Rams game, the Rams playoff game, and, and obviously all this stuff has happened since then. So it was going to come up, um, even if. I think I think the hope was of the of the event coordinators that it wasn't going to come up and that it was just going to be about the 
community uh, aspect of it, but that, it was just natural that it was going to be talked about. And um, I, I thought Kyler handled it really well. I mean, um, there's only so many things you can say. Obviously, he could have uh, said some things that caused a lot of news. I don't think he really did, other than the fact that he talked. Um, I, I wouldn't expect him to say much other than what he did say, um, but I thought he handled himself well, and um, I think at this point it feels like things have calmed down quite a bit from where they were, and you know what that means exactly, we'll have to see. Um, you know, it, it's easy to, to say a couple things today. We'll, we'll find out what happens when uh, the team gets together uh, on a voluntary basis and what happens and, and go from there. Yeah, you know, for me, Derb, I was looking at it and thinking, man, the qu- he didn't have to take questions, right? Did, well, I mean, he did, couldn't he have just said, "I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna talk about my contract situation whatsoever." He, 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 Don't. Yeah, I mean, he he could have said, "Yeah, I'm not talking about that right now," and uh, and that would have been his right to do. I, right. I I think if he does that, you know. He, he probably knows. I mean, let's let's not get it twisted. Uh, you know, the Cardinals themselves and the media relations staff weren't involved in this. This was a Kyler thing because it's with him and his sponsors. But I would be stunned if Kyler didn't have a conversation with his agent saying, okay, I'm going to go do this. And they talked about how he was going to address stuff because he had to know it was coming. So, right. you know, I, I, yeah, he could have said, I'm not really talking about any of this. But that also brings up... You know, if you if you decide not to talk about stuff, that also brings with it speculation. So, yeah. um, you know, I, maybe that's maybe that's why they did what they did. Exactly, it's sort of like the Instagram thing, right? I mean, the absence of information, you get speculation, and, and that's what happened. So, I know we have joked today that he said, and I'm loosely quoting. You know, every time I got on Twitter, I was trending for like a five week, you know, sequence there. But he did nothing to extinguish that either, did he? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's true to a certain extent. I mean, even if he had, um, I mean, he could have extinguished the, the Instagram stuff, but as, as soon as the, the, the statement came out from his agent about wanting a contract, he was going to be trending because that's where we are, and, you know, that's what uh, the national media especially is doing these days is, is they talk about all this stuff and it and I, I honestly I think it actually gained a little bit of steam given all the other quarterback movement we've had in the NFL. It made it a lot easier to say, you know, in years past, the talk about Kyler being traded would be dumb. I mean, it just would be <laughs> dumb. It would have been dumb for a lot of these guys. But now that we're actually seeing some of this stuff happen, it's not so far fetched anymore. I, you know, that being said, I, Kyler's not going anywhere. But it brought a little bit of credibility to willing to talk about it all the time on whatever platform you might have. You know, for me, Derb, I was looking at it, just the fact he was answering questions in regard to the contract situation, answering questions in in, in regard to being an Arizona Cardinal. I have to tell you, I mean, I, I saw that as a positive I did. I moved that into the positive column, as I like to say, just the fact that he was willing to address that. Your thoughts on that? Um, I I would say it's better than the alternative, as you like to say. Right. Wolf. I, yes. I mean, I do think it's better than the alternative. I don't, you know, it's he 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 said what I would expect him to say in such a situation. Um, you're right. He could have said nothing if he was really upset about stuff um but you know it, the, the other part of that is 
you're at an event where you're trying to give away money and, and have it be a happy event. Um, if you're Kyler Murray or Kyler Murray's people, you also don't want to turn something like that into a, uh, you know, Kyler's angry at the team situation where it really wasn't. You, you were able to keep keep the focus on giving away $10,000 to the Arizona Educational uh, Foundation and and the Boys and Girls Club of the Valley each. And and I I think that's also a good reason to want to, like, answer some questions and kind of keep things low-key. Yeah, which is why, though, D, I just want to jump in here and say it's why I saw it as a positive that he was even doing it. Because, once again, I think it would be so easy for Kyler Murray just to say, hey, guys, I'm not here to talk about that. I'm not here today to talk about well, they, that. Well, they, they try to do that. Uh, I, you know, it's just when you're in front of the, the media, it, you know, it's, and, and you haven't had a chance to talk to the athlete, it's, you know, it's one thing to ask them not to ask any football questions, which was done uh, by, the, uh, by the PR people around the event, uh, and, and obviously he was still willing to talk about it, which I thought was a good thing. Well, here's okay. Last last question. You can all answer, including myself, and then we'll move on. When Kyler says, "I'm not really too worried about my future as a Cardinal," quote unquote, are you worried? I'm not. I think this is part of the process. There might be a little more drama than everyone expected. I I don't think there's any question he's part of the Cardinals' future. Ron Wolfley. Yeah, you know what, Paulie? Honestly, right now, I do. I, I think he's going to get an extension at some point in time. I think the Arizona Cardinals are going to do that. I, I would want to see one more year. But sometimes, you know what, just because you wish it, you don't always get what you want. Isn't that right, Paul? Yeah. Uh, what do you want to see next for the Cardinals in free agency, Darren Urban? There's our segue. Where would you start? Uh, you know, and you and Paul, you and I have talked about this a lot. I mean, I, I think um, – at this point, uh, it's clear that they're going to be smart about any kind of signings, you know, kind of one-year deal type of things, uh, because they either didn't get the people they wanted or they just don't see uh, the, the the need to spend the money on the people that were available. But, um, you know, I, I still am concerned about pass rusher. That is a position that, to me, is, is the number one thing that catches my attention. Obviously, uh, a number two uh, wide receiver and, and even cornerback are, are things that would be behind the list. But pass rusher is the one position that I'm really like, okay, where, where does this team go with that right now? All right, Darb, I have to ask you this right now. When I say Zacherts, when I say James Conner, when I say Max Williams, when I say, um, let's see, uh, Justin Pugh, what do you think of? I think of guys that are all going to be on the team next year, and they better <laughs> play well because that's who the crux of your offense is going to be. It's a bit of a trick question. Here we go. Here we go. I, I got Kirk, sucked in by this last week. I'm, I'm just saying right now, um, you let Christian Kirk – go and of course i i don't think anybody was surprised once you saw the contract that christian kirk got and by the way way to go see kirk way to go baby um i don't think anyone was surprised the arizona cardinals could not pay him that but i see a paradigm shift from three wide receivers to two tight ends in rundown situation when you've got zach ertz and max williams and james connor as your running back, and you signed Justin Pugh, of course, a very underrated year. As a matter of fact, I would say last year to me was Justin Pugh's best year as well, an Arizona Cardinal. That, well, that yes. I, 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 will, I will say this, a couple different things. One, um, 
I don't think you need to. You, I, I don't think anybody should get ahead of themselves on Max Williams. I want the, the man blew out his knee. I I uh, I have I love Max Williams. I hope he comes back. I need to see him out and doing stuff before I'm thinking. Well, they're going to base an offense around having him out there on the field. That's number one. Uh, and then number two. Um, I, I don't know if it's going to be a paradigm shift as much to me. Uh, you know, one of the years at Texas Tech, Cliff Kingsbury had a tight end, and his name escapes me right now, who is one of his top receivers, and that's because that's who he had. And I don't think anybody's going to confuse Zach Ertz with some big inline tight end. He, in a lot of ways, is just a bigger kind of wide receiver in a lot of ways. And if, if you're not getting a number two uh, wide receiver, maybe it's just the fact that Zach Ertz is that pass catcher that you're looking to have in there. Now, obviously, you're not going to split them wide all the time, um, but I, I just don't see this gigantic shift of, of so, changing this yeah. offense. Oh boy! I hope you're wrong, Derp. I, I know hope, you do. I know. I know you're always. I hope you're. I hope you're wrong right there. So you still see them going with eleven personnel, three wide receivers as their primary personnel group. Is that what you I, see? I, I do, and and I think they might. You know, again, use Ertz out there. Could they use a little bit more twelve for sure? But I, I, I still think, in the end, Cliff Kingsbury is who he is. Well, I mean, you talk about running this team back and this roster back, and we did on Cardinals Underground this week, Darren, but you know, A.J. Green might be back reportedly. Robert Alford visited the Cardinals today, even though he's been a Cardinal the last two, three years, right? So, uh, I mean, these are names that might be back in the fold. Uh, I don't know what you guys make in terms of a need at the cornerback position now especially after the jeff gladney signing i mean darren give us your thoughts there is that a want or a need at this point in the secondary well i mean i think they're going to need another cornerback you know it now is robert alford willing to come in and you know play for a very cheap contract and 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 fight and potentially end up being fourth on the depth chart if that's what they decide i'm sure robert alford feels like he's going to be higher than that but um you know, for me, if you're going to bring in guys on cheaper contracts, it, it's not the worst thing in the world to bring in somebody that already knows your system, whether it's Robert Alford on defense or A.J. Green on offense. I mean, I, I'm i a little surprised Green is still in, in the picture. I thought they would move on from him. But if he does end up coming back, you know, maybe that just says what, what they had out there and, and who they were willing to go after and, and what they're measuring. I mean, they're not doing this in a vacuum uh, you know, they're obviously comparing that possibility to another, uh, other possibilities they have, and they are determining if they go on that route that the, bringing those guys back makes more sense than bringing in somebody new. Derb, once again, how, how much do you think the fact that Kyler Murray and his agent want this extension this offseason – how much of that do you think has inhibited them in terms of this free agent period out there right now? Uh, well, I, I, honestly, I don't think that inhibits, inhibits them at all. I mean, whether the, Kyler and, and his desire for a new contract, I don't, I don't understand why that would have any kind of impact on going out and getting free agents. It, it shouldn't. Um, you know, you've got a cap number with Kyler right now that you can work with, and then you've got a cap number. I mean, Patrick Mahomes... 
ended up having a lower cap number than Kyler Murray last year. So if you sign Kyler Murray to a new deal, you can probably work it where his cap number is not going to grow this year. In fact, that would be a big reason to do an extension is you might be able to keep it low or even make it lower for next year when it's supposed to be almost $30 million. So um, I, I, that, that shouldn't be an inhibiting uh, factor at all uh, in, in well, my view. It- and I guess, you know, we, we kicked it around earlier, and actually I was the one who brought it up. And sure, you can do, you know, the caponomics, and Deshaun Watson can get $230 million guaranteed over, what, four years, and his base salary can be $1 million this year. I get it, but if you're going after a big-name free agent and there's competition, he's going to need a big long-term contract. And all of a sudden, a contract extension to Kyler would inhibit you in year two, three, or four, perhaps, that might have been a barrier to getting deals done with some of these bigger names. Perhaps. I, I'm not exactly sure. But, Darren, if we go to azcardinals.com and, and we read your story about Kyler Murray, has it been filed in all caps? That's my question. <laughs> not in all caps. Just regular okay. story. <laughs> okay. Dirk, right. thank you, man. Thanks, right, Darren. Right. There you go. Hey, we're going to come back, and uh, i got a few things to foist around. Hopefully we'll get into some of what's going on around the league. And then Colt McCoy, you want to talk about quarterback? How about the backup and his importance here in the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert? Snap to McCoy, straight drop back, looking left all the way, and dumps it off across the middle to Connor. Caught at the 15, breaks the tackle, 20-25, gets the first down. Boy, Cole McCoy looked left the entire time, and at the last second, shifted his eyes to the right. Connor to the 10, to the 5, and into the end zone for the touchdown. Colt McCoy, the cool veteran, went ahead. Bought himself a little bit of time that split second. McCoy takes the snap. Pump fake to the right. Throws over the middle. It's caught inside the 10-yard line by Ertz. Down to the 5. Perfectly executed. Great read by Colt McCoy. Gorgeous toss by Colt McCoy. Oh, that is a greasy throw by Colt McCoy right there. Spin that pig, Colt. Shotgun snap to McCoy. Ball's loose on the ground. He picks it up. Throws over the middle. And it's caught for a touchdown by Ertz. How about Colt McCoy? McCoy picking up a loose ball on the turf and throwing a pass over the middle for a big touchdown here. How about that? A 2021 montage of Colt McCoy, courtesy of our Jim Omohundro. You had a Week 9 win at the 49ers where the Cardinals had 437 total yards behind Colt McCoy, a quarterback, who went 22 of 26 for 249, a passer rating of 119. You also, as a team, Ron Wolfley, ran 39 times for a buck 63 at the 49ers, a Niners defense that was in the NFC Championship game, by the way, right? And then in Week 11 at the Seahawks, a 23-13 win there. Colt McCoy got the start, 35 of 44, 328, no picks, 113 passer rating, and you're talking touchdown drives of 16, 13, and 10 plays apiece. And I think this is where you're driving. Did the Cardinals see something, especially in those two wins, that said, you know what? That's when this offense was at its best. Yeah, Polly, honestly, I I do believe that the Arizona Cardinals wanted to be a more physical team going into last year. They they wanted to be more physical and they wanted better leadership in the locker room. At least that's the two things that Steve Kime pointed to and said that's what he was trying to do last offseason was actually build that kind of team so going into the 2021 season, of course, they could be more physical. And Paul, I think when you go back 
back and you look at the tape, and again, you look at James Conner in particular and how he was running the ball in between the tackles, whether it was out of shotgun or they were putting Kyla Murray in the first half of the season, they were putting him under center more than they did in the second half of the season and running the football in a more north-south direction. That's when this offense was at its best, with Max Williams as the stud tight end. Once again, I understand he's coming off an ACL, but Paul, you know it as well as I do, the ACL is not the death sentence, metaphorically speaking, that it used to be for NFL players in the past. It just isn't. It's something now the surgery and the treatment and the rehabilitation is so good that you can come back off an ACL and be the same guy. And that's what I expect with Max Williams. And it's why they signed him as early as they did in free agency, in my opinion. And when I say the offense was at its best, I'm not talking about Colt McCoy. I'm not saying they're a better team with Colt McCoy quarterback. To your point there, and thanks for saving me from maybe being a little confusing, I'm talking about just the balance and the power aspect of the offense during those two wins. Uh, You know, We all know that the future of football is the future at quarterback, Kyla Murray, as we like to call him. And Colt Colt McCoy, after signing the two-year deal and meeting the media this week, he was asked, yes, about Kyla Murray heading into – his fourth year. Kyler's obviously extremely talented. Just finished his third year in the NFL. I would say that his arrow is is pointing up. I know how hard it was for me my first three years in the NFL uh, to to handle all the things that come with being a franchise quarterback and being in the NFL. And uh, I think Kyler's handled it tremendously. You know, he's a super competitor. He wants to win. He he works hard, and I think it's kind of sets the tone for our whole team. Yeah. So yeah. 35-year-old Colt McCoy, uh, you know, with the Texas roots, right? Colt McCoy is going to be going into the Texas High School Hall of Fame, by the way, uh, and joining the likes of his head coach, Cliff Kingsbury, who's already a member of the Texas High School Hall of Fame. And then, of course, Kyla Murray at some point will also be a member there as well. So you just have that chemistry between those two guys. And And I know 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 Kyla gets a lot of heat for when the cameras catch him and he might be miffed on the sidelines, but there's also a lot that the cameras miss when he's interacting with Colt McCoy on the bench as well. Yeah, no, Paulie. Sorry for cutting you off there, Paul. I just wanted to jump in because I thought what you were saying right there, it's so true. It really is. Listen, the thing I love most about the Colt McCoy signing right now is, Paul, if in fact Colt McCoy did not have a great relationship with Kyler Murray, if in fact Colt McCoy thought he wasn't doing anything to help Kyler Murray, if in fact that was the case, Colt McCoy would not sign a two-year contract with the Arizona Cardinals. This is the thing that fills me with hope. Colt McCoy looking at it and saying, man, I want to come back and I want to be this guy that is going to mentor Kyler Murray and be put in this this role as the backup quarterback. That, to me, said so much when Zach Ertz and Colt McCoy came back and wanted to play here. Yeah, and what was interesting, too, was how many times Colt McCoy on his own said that he sees the game and he sees offense the same way as the head coach. Yeah. Cliff Kingsbury. And Wolf, you know, Carson Palmer and Kurt Warner were de facto offensive coordinators, especially towards the end of their career. They would not formulate a game plan until Carson Palmer had broken down the opponent on a Monday. 
until Kurt Warner had come in on a Monday or Tuesday morning and given his thoughts and notes on the defense they were going to see. It was only when they got the input from those guys. And think of how many defenses that Colt McCoy has seen, how many defensive coordinators he's gone against in his years, right? No doubt, Paulie. That's an excellent point by you. So it's It's just a valuable resource to have in that capacity. All right, speaking of quarterbacks, we've had certified insanity around the NFL quarterbacks, receivers, and more. Let's uh, visit some of those NFL headlines and maybe how they impact the Arizona Cardinals here in the offseason as we continue with the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford and Gilbert. Handoff goes to Williams coming around the left side. He's going to be hit behind. Fumble! It is recovered by Larry Wilson. Fumble-Recovery-Fumble-Recovery-Fumble-Recovery-Fumble-Recovery-Fumble-Recovery-Fumble-Recovery-Fumble-Recovery-Fumble-Recovery-Fumble-Recovery-Fumble-Recovery-
You sure you weren't asking for your mommy at that point after you got jack stomped <laughs> by Lawrence Taylor? That's what I want to know. By the way, NFL headlines. Let's go through them real quick, okay? Seattle trades Russell Wilson to the Broncos. Deshaun Watson is in Cleveland. Matt Ryan to the Colts. Carson Wentz with the Commanders now. That's just the quarterbacks. Then you have the guys who get after the quarterbacks. Khalil Mack, and then it was Chandler Jones to the Raiders, obviously. Zadarius Smith. Even Yannick Ngakwe going to the Colts over there. And then the receivers. I mean, first off, Christian Kirk resetting the market. You can blame Christian Kirk and the Jacksonville Jaguars because then Devontae Adams said, you know what? I need a brand new deal for NFL record receiver money. He got it in the trade to the Raiders. And then this week, Tyreek Hill traded from KC to Miami. He is now the highest paid player ever at his position. Well, Paulie, I'm sorry. I mean, the Russell Wilson thing is absolutely huge, but I have to tell you, it's Tyreek Hill. It is Tyreek Hill. Did you think they were going to trade Tyreek? Did you hear anything about Tyreek Hill being out of Kansas City, Paul, at any point in time? Let me me throw something out. Somebody tweeted this out. Name the last time Andy Reid lost a trade. And then he went and named Alex Smith, Donovan McNabb. Oh, Kevin Cobb. We know about Kevin Cobb. A.J. Feely, Marcus Peters, D. Ford, Lito Shepard. Name the last time Andy Reid lost a trade, which makes that intriguing, does it not? Yes, it does, Paulie, and I have to tell you right now, Tyreek Hill made that offense hum, man. He really did. Patrick Mahomes is a great quarterback. There's no doubt about it. This guy is so excellent and so good, but Tyreek Hill changed that offense, Paul. You had to account every time. You had to know where Tyreek Hill was lined up. He provided aid, comfort, and shelter, and a lot of space for guys like Travis Kelsey running those short and intermediate routes because everyone else was playing so deep because of Tyreek Hill. He changed that offense. Do you hear what he said today? He did his uh, press conference. He said, wherever I go, the cheetah, he always has to prove he's the fastest guy in the team no matter what. He went third person about himself. He has challenged any comers on on this new team, the Dolphins, to a foot race. He says he has to prove he is the fastest guy in any team he's on. Wow. And so, by the way, he got $72 million guaranteed. Guaranteed. I mean, did you ever think we'd go in the offseason and say, you know what, that guy got Christian Kirk money. <laughs> Special no. thanks, Jim Omohundro, Lauren <laughs> Koval, Ron Wolfley, and Darren Urban. I'm Paul Calvisi. This has been the Big Red Rage presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Ciao. You've been listening to The Big Red Rage, presented by Santan Ford in Gilbert. Are you Santan Ford? State Farm. Talk to an agent today at 800-STATE-FARM. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club.